All right, welcome back to another episode of The Daily Doug, and I'm just going to keep on talking like this. It is the Masters, and I'm going to hit this episode out of the park. My strokes gain for this episode is going to be plus five in that range. I will gain strokes around the green. I will gain strokes putting. I will hear birds chirping in the background, and I will just keep on talking like this for the remainder of the episode because we are at Augusta and the azaleas are blooming. The trees are wisping. It's going to be fucking cold, yo. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy and the long shots thrive in these kind of conditions. This is a field that we have 88 players. Uh, first time we get to see the live guys in the mix. There's a couple injuries to note. Decky's got a neck issue, but he finished 15th last week. Don't see that many, uh, that playing into effect a whole lot. We have Hatton. He's dealing with a little injury. And then we have Usazen, who has an elbow injury, whose tendon in his elbow might snap at any time. We also have the big cat in the field, and he is looking to bounce back after another good performance at Riviera. And I'm optimistically thinking he's going to be in the top 30 this week just because of his experience alone. And he's only $7,100. Or I believe so, $7,100. So he's cheap. He'll be in the mix. And he's going to be hitting shots that no other can do it. All right. He knows the greens like the back of his hand. The narratives. He's out there saying he doesn't know how many he can play. He's just building up building up the hype until on Sunday when he's there in the finals. Final group needs a birdie on 18 to win the Masters. He's going to fucking do it if that's the case, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Optimistically, I think he's a top 30, top 30 guy this week, but we'll get to that a little later. Let's talk about Augusta National, the home of the Masters, one of the best courses, but According to Gary Player, without the players, this is just another average course. <laughs> well, you know, Gary, this is one of the hilliest courses on the tour. Uh, par 72 playing at 7,545 yards, and it is. It's just one of the hilliest tracks on tour. That's why I don't know how long Tiger will hold up. He limps already. Now you put him on some hills and some uneven terrain. We'll see how it goes up. But the hills are there and our reason why experience is so important here this is one of those horses for courses type deals where if you don't play well here you technically just won't find it and play well here if you tend to play well here you'll play well here and that's just kind of how this stuff goes i mean it's been consistent this way for a long time so let's get into a little bit more of the course here we have bent grass greens a uh, missing approach on the wrong side of these greens are going to be uh, bad. If you are in a bad position, you are prone for high numbers. And this course won't give up too many birdies. It, there are obviously birdie holes. Some par fives are birdie holes here. But hole 11 is going to be damn near impossible. Um First-timers here also struggle. Just like I said, experience is key here. You need someone that has a good track record and that is going to win. Um, missing left. If you miss left here big, you are in trouble. So all those big power hooker dudes, uh, those guys tend to not do so well because if you miss big left. Now, you do have your Patrick Reeds and Zach Johnson who do play the ball right to left. And right to left players tend to play well here but big missers left tend to have high numbers and are prone to high numbers at this place this course is redesigned in 2002 uh the par 4 11th par 4 5, par 5 15th both were lengthened a few years ago 11 they widened the fairway they added some stuff around the green to make the approach shot uh bailing out just tough it's playing 520 yards it's going to be the toughest hole this week in my opinion Especially if this wind uh, picks up like they're saying it's going to. It's going to be kind of brutal weather down there. Cool, windy forecast. Uh, it's going to make for 
the long shots, like I said in my quiet voice, the long shots are going to have a chance to win this week. But I don't think the score is getting over 10 under par. I don't think we're going lower than that, I should say. Uh, the 15 unders, 18 unders, 20 unders aren't going to happen. It's going to be 60 to 65 degrees on Friday, Saturday below 60 degrees, 25, 30 mile an hour winds. Thursday looks good. So look for the scores to be better on Thursday, Thursday morning. It's still supposed to be pretty windy. Uh, the afternoon session, we're looking at more rain and thunderstorms. So if the wind kind of calms down and it's a little bit soggy, you might see some people approach the pins and go after some sticks a little bit more than what I guess you have to. But let's talk a little bit like more statistics-driven stuff. Uh, driving distance. This thing is long. Driving distance and relative to success may, is six on the tour. So there's only five other courses where driving distance is more important than this one. Strokes gained around the green is seventh on the tour. So you better be stout around the green, which is why I'm fading Hovland this week. As good as an iron player and approach player he is, his around the green play is nowhere good enough to compete and win this. I hope I eat my words. I like that guy, but not this week. Uh, T to green. Going to have to be stout T to green. We'll go over a couple players that are good at that. And you have to know the greens here. Uh, these greens are so unique. The undulations, the subtle breaks, where to mitt, you have to know the greens here to have success, which is why I give Tiger Woods a plus two just walking out there based off experience alone. That dude has a two-stroke advantage on the field just based off of experience, and, and it couldn't even be more than that, honestly. Guy just kind of knows what he's doing out there and can just go play this course at any given time, sick, hurt, or not. Uh, his win a couple of years back was quite something to witness. Um, when you get on these greens here, they're like friction-free. <laughs> they're fast, okay? They're fast greens, and if you are above a hole, like on 16, if you miss on the wrong part of that green with your approach shot, there's no way you're stopping it. You're looking at an 8- to 10-footer coming back. Uh, you have to, have to be on the right side of these greens and it getting good angles to these pins can't miss in the wrong spot these greens like i said they're frictionless in my opinion you have to be like a defensive putter this is why kind of scotty scheffler does so well here he is a defensive putter he's not one of those aggressive power ricky fowler was an aggressive putter you have guys like john rom aggressive putters that don't tend to do i guess well here uh, Corey Connors is one of those defensive putters. He does well here. Bubba Watson does well here. Those kind of guys just tend to putt with a little bit of, let me just get in the hole on my second putt. And if one falls in, it falls in. And that tends to bode well for this field. So that's enough really about the course. I could get into a hole-by-hole -hole breakdown, but I don't really want to annoy you guys too much and bore you and put you all to sleep. But... Let's get into the field here. Jim Nance here is back. Is this his last Masters he's calling? We don't know. Have no idea. He called his last, uh, well, he called his last national title game, and he just kind of went off without really saying anything, and that was kind of cool, very classy of him. But he will be back behind the mic at the Masters. He's the voice of the Masters. That dude in his, you know, the little cabin doing his thing, he's just the man, and he does a great job, and the guy's just unbelievable. But let's talk a little bit about the Masters, some winning trends here. No player has won at Augusta in their first attempt since Fuzzy Zeller back in 1979. So all those first-timers out there, probably not going to happen. Since 1996, only one player has won the Masters after missing the cut here in the previous year, and that was Patrick Reed in 2018. Coming off of the live, I don't know, is this guy for real? Is this, is this the guy that... 
can just kind of put it all behind him. He went toe to toe with Rory uh, in a match this or in a event this year where, I mean, this guy just has kind of that arrogance, uh, that cockiness, or I think he can put it together whenever the heck he wants kind of thing. And he'll go out there and play well. 10 of the last 13 winners of the Masters rank 19th or better in strokes gained. T to green in the year of their victory. Hello, Jason Day. Hello, Scotty Scheffler. You guys have been ranked high. Rory, you're up there. Also, Rom. But those are your top four right there in terms of strokes gained. Jason Day is right up there in the mix. Uh, six of the past seven winners had recorded at least a T5 sometime four months prior to Augusta. Six of the last eight had recorded a T2 or better prior to winning the Masters. Once again, hello, Scotty Scheffler. Hello, freaking John Rahm and Rory. You guys are pretty much, I guess, it. And let's just dive into that right now. Scotty Scheffler. He's the best T-degree player in the field. Over the last 100 rounds, he has gained 2.08 strokes on the field, which is unbelievable. He That's just kind of who he is as a, as a player, as a golfer. The guy can just go out there and wreck you. And if his putter is on, he's going to win this tournament hands down. He's ball striking in like the best way possible. Like I said, all he needs is like a half stroke game putting. Just a half stroke putting, and he wins this event. Uh, he's that he's been that dominant in all these other categories, approach, play, all this stuff has just been so great. Around the greens, he's fantastic. He's got a good little short game here. So, Scotty Scheffler, eleven point one k. He is probably my pick. I'm throwing him in my lineup. Just kind of have to. I think that he's going to win this event. And then you have Rory. He needs to have a good Thursday. It's year after year. He seems to struggle on Thursday, and then he bounces back, makes the cut, and then he does his own little thing on the weekend. He'll either be up there and then choke on a Sunday or do whatever. But, you know, he's got a new driver. He's been plus eight in strokes gained at the match play with his driver. Uh so obviously something's clicking for him if you're plus eight and, and driving the golf ball. I mean, that's that's always good news. Um, we're looking for guys that only have to gain a few strokes putting. And Rory, he's playing good golf right now. And if he can just putt the ball and take advantage of his great iron play, he will be in the mix. The odd man out in these guys over the 10K range right now, the odd guy out, I'm saying John Rahm. And it's not because I don't like John Rahm. It has nothing to do with, really, John Rahm. It's just, if you pick John Rahm, you're okay. I just, if I'm picking somebody for this course, I'm picking either Rory or Scotty in, in the 10K range. You can't have them all, obviously. And it just so happens that John Rahm is the guy that I'm leaving out. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that with him. So those are your 10K and above above guys that I'm looking at. If I'm going with any of them, I'm picking either Scotty or Rory, but I'm definitely picking Scotty. Uh, the price tag is high. I'm not sure if I'll have him in my DK lineup, but betting purposes, I think this guy is a for sure thing. So those are 10K and above guys. to the 9k range now this is a loaded area we have a couple of lib guys in the mix now we're trying to figure out how good how bad they'll be uh cam smith let's just get started with him he's 9.8k obviously he's good on this course how do we assess these guys how do we take the 54 hole events uh the ability to play in like a Shotgun format, all this stuff, playing 72 holes now. How do we assess these guys? I mean, 
T26, 24th, 5th on the Live Tour. Those are his last three events. He's popular right now as well. He's got high ownership, 21% owned in the early kind of ownership reports I'm seeing. So he's expensive and popular. Am I going to pick a guy like that who's both? Probably not. I think I'm going to pass on him this week. Um, He does miss left. When he misses, he misses left, and it's big. So that's bad for Augusta. As I said before, missing left big is bad. He's kind of one of those guys that can do that. I don't know. He's a flyer. He's just too highly owned for how expensive he is and coming from the tour he's coming from and things like that. Too much uh, vulnerability in there for me to take him. I'm saving 100 bucks. Definitely going with Jordan Spieth if I can get him. Uh, each of the last two years, he's lost with his putter at this place. And he's still right in the mix. So um, his putting's come a long way over the last year. He's gained putting in three of his last four events. He thrives in like uncomfortable positions, uneven lies. He tends to just thrive in this these kind of situations, which is all for the better for Jordan Spieth. I'm just pulling up some stuff here right now. His around the green play is basically why I'm picking him. He has gained in his last six uh, events around the green, and it's not just a little bit. He's gained quite a bit uh, according to the field. So he's right there. His approach play this year, last six events, has been fantastic. So if he's hitting the greens in the right areas with his, I guess, experience here, you just can't go wrong with Jordan Spieth at the Masters. Let me dive into his Masters results here. And he got cut last year. But like I said, he didn't putt well last year. He lost over a half stroke putting um, even more than that, honestly. The year before that, he took third and lost uh, 0.72 strokes putting. So it's all about his approach. And if he can just putt a little bit. If he can gain strokes putting, he might be in the mix too. And that's, like I said, the guys we're looking for are the guys that just need to gain a little bit putting and be in the mix. Right now, he is trending in the right direction. He has two two seconds, a win, a third here, two thirds here. So in 2021, he also had a third. I mean, this guy has just been remarkable on this course. Throw out last year's result. Throw him in your mix this, this year. Uh Jordan Spieth is where I'm going in this 9K range with the most confidence. Patrick Cantley, another, Cantley he's another person, a great approach player. I mean, 39th last year, cut the year before that. Doesn't play well here. Uh, T17, T9, and then he's cut. Doesn't putt well here. I don't know. I'm not picking Cantley this week, but he's playing well right now. I just can't. I don't just don't see him uh, winning this tournament, and that's kind of what you need for these guys in this 9K range. JT, now he's a wild card. Uh, he's definitely a wild card, 9.3K, and he's just not a good putter. Is he going to find something here? He might. Let me pull up his recent Masters. At the Masters, he was eighth last year. 21st the year before, 4th in 2020, 12th in 2019. I putted well here last year. He gained over a stroke on approach. He gained, he struggled off the tee here in the last two years. He has lost off the tee. So if he's driving the ball well, there maybe that's the wild card. That Like I'm saying, he's the wild card. It all depends on his putting because right now, his putting has just been his Achilles heel. Uh, losing in his last two events, barely gaining in two of the last three, or barely gaining in any of these. He had a great Genesis, uh, Genesis Invitational where he gained over stroke and a half putting there. But other than that, he isn't putting the ball well enough to warrant the 9.3K. I'm definitely, if I'm going in this range, in the lower 9K range, I like Max Homa. He's just playing so much better than everybody at this point in time. Uh, 
T9, T6, T14, T2 in his last four events. And he's doing it with his approach play. He's gained over two strokes in two of his last six approach play starts. He's putting the ball phenomenally at the Genesis. He took second. He almost gained three points on the field or three strokes on the field uh, in putting. He gained another over a stroke putting in three of his last seven events or four of his last seven events now. So this guy's putting well. His approach plays on par where it needs to be. The guy keep it in the fairway off the tee, and he will be fine. He's gained strokes off the tee as well in three of his last four events. I, ask, I like Max Homa. If I can get him in, I will try to fit him in. Um, he's got a, his victory at the Farmers. He's got five other top 15s, like I went over his stuff. I kind of like it. I kind of like him this week. He's always in the mix, and I guess that's where I'm going with it. Max Homa, definitely, as I'm looking through this stuff, and I'm just liking him more and more as I go through his stats. I'm just, yeah, the guy's 9.2K. Plug him in. Plug him in. I'm staying away from Colin Morikawa. The weather just has me uh, mind-boggled with this guy. I just fight with this guy all the time because he is such a good player. It's just. When the weather picks up, the wind picks up. His ball just doesn't go anywhere. It, he loses a lot of ball in the wind stuff. I don't know. You can't do that here, especially at Augusta. Um, I'm fading him this week as well. So on to the 8K range we go. And in the 8K range, I'm going to start out with Tony Fino, who quietly goes about his stuff, and he just does what he needs to do. He just quietly, methodically... Gets his top 20s, top 25s. And this year, since January, he has one, two, two top 10s. And six, seven top 20s. So he's right in the mix all the time. He's a nice dude. He's out there. He hasn't lost an approach in fucking God knows when. This dude hasn't lost an approach since the Wells Fargo last year. That's it. May 8th of 2022. Since then, he hasn't lost an approach. He also, around the green play, as of late, has been pretty bad. He has lost strokes or barely even gained in his last four. So, Tony Fino, off the tee, fantastic. Putting, ups and downs. At the Dell, gained over two and a half strokes putting. Welcome. Tony Fino, definitely in the mix. And his odds are long. I like Tony Fino in the betting portion. And if you're looking to build a lineup, he's a very good option for one of the core plays in this tournament. Tony Fino, everybody. Tony Fino, just kind of boring, laid back, gets his shit done. Gets a ton of top 10, or tons of top 20s, and is in the mix. His Masters results, T35 last year, T10 uh, the year before that, T38 the year before that, T5 in 19, and T10 in 2018. So just boring shit. <laughs> that guy is just boring. I don't know. Either way, but let's now let's just kind of look back here and go to Dustin Johnson. Live guy. Here's something that's just kind of crazy. He's 8.8K. He's only 9.8% owned. Dustin Johnson not getting the love. It's crazy because Cam Smith is 21% owned and he's more money. So why would you pay more money for a guy that's highly owned? Doesn't make sense to me. All right. But Dustin Johnson, 8.8K, only 9.8% owned. This has got to probably be a mix up but as i'm looking at it right now he's only 9.8 percent owned um yeah sign me up for that 8.8k um just because he's out of sight out of mind doesn't mean he can't win this event the dude t12 last year cut the year before that he won in 2020 t2 in 2019 he's lost strokes putting last year and still took 12. dustin johnson on the live tour this year hasn't been like stellar um but he's in the mix. He finished 7th in Orlando, 13th in Tucson. 
I mean, didn't play in Miami, so he's okay. He's in the mix, and you know what? I hope he wins so I can see his hot-ass wife trot out there and give him a hug afterwards. So why not? Root for Dustin Johnson. You might win twice, all right? Jason Day is the other guy that is very under-owned right now at 8.7K. He's playing so well. He's literally top four in strokes game on the year. He's one of the hottest players in the world. Um, he's on par with John Rahm in all of the stats. Like, if you're looking at strokes gain stats, to gain a stroke on the field, he's the same as John Rahm. To gain at least two strokes on the field, he is the same percentage as John Rahm. Three strokes, slightly worse than John Rahm, 5% worse to gain three strokes on the field than John Rahm. And then if you go in the four or five range, John Rahm has a little bit more on him in that range if you're talking about gaining five-plus strokes on the field. Big deal, right? You look at his history now. Jason Day has missed his last two cuts at the Masters, and that is a little bit concerning, um, but he was playing so bad. He didn't even qualify for it last year. Then he missed the cuts prior two years. So take that for what it's worth. You might have – I guess that might be what's scaring people away because he hasn't been – playing here or even qualified as of late but jason day is one of the hottest players in the world right now he's a good value at that 8.7k low ownership coming in right now seven percent owned jason day fino jason day build right now looks like a pretty core pretty core safe play for your uh, cash lineups and things of that nature cameron young cut last year got destroyed by the course last year new caddy maybe it helps him out here um, he's obviously coming off a second place finish at the Dell. So he's playing better, playing well. And then you have Hideki at 8.4 K risky, risky move here, um, for the price. And then his ownership is up there around 15%. He did play well last week. That 15th has people like us gaining confidence in him. He gained strokes off the tee in nine of his last 10 rounds of golf that he's played. His short game is kind of just all over the place. T14, he, he has a T14. He won here in 2021, uh, T13, T32. So Hideki is, yeah, Hideki is a Masters man. I mean, at the Masters, he's gained, uh, he gained in, around the green. He gained in his approach and off the tee in his last two years. Uh, his putting, he, he lost strokes putting last year, lost over a half stroke putting, and still uh, was T14. So, Hideki Matsuyama is kind of like one of those horse for course guys who just always tends to play well at the Masters. Looking at his other stats, though, his putting is just so volatile. Uh, his around the green play hasn't been up to par right now. He's just kind of all over the place. He's a risk. He's a risk for that 8.4K. If I'm looking at that range, I'm definitely going down to Sanjay. And um, he's interesting, man. Sanjay is very interesting. I like how his demeanor, I like how he just kind of goes about his stuff, doesn't do anything really great. Well, I guess his around the green play is great. Um, he's been stellar around the green. He's as good as anyone, can get hot with his putter. He's been putting great as of late, gaining strokes in his last three events. Um, T17 at the Dell, T6 at the Players, Arnold Palmer, T21. You go down to the Masters stuff here, and he got cut in 2021, but he didn't play well at all. <laughs> and he lost strokes it, totally, lost four strokes uh, in two rounds. So that's not very good. Um, then last year, he was eighth, and he gained over a stroke putting. Uh, his approach numbers were on par, and his off the tee numbers, he gained a ton of strokes off the tee. His distance is long enough. He's long enough for this course. His accuracy is definitely uh, on par with that. So... I kind of like Sanjay this week. If I'm looking in that lower 8K range, I like Sanjay. So that build with Fino, Jason Day, Sanjay to start. Now we're starting to build something here that will definitely hit these cash lineups, all your double ups and things of that nature. So that's your 8K range now. And let's get to the 7K range here. And before we do that, let's take another break and listen to the music again. All right, 
We are back, and the 7K range is kind of where things just kind of go sideways. This is where the live golfers are in the mix even more now. Um, where to start here? And let's just start with Brooks Kepka coming off his win last week on the live tour. He's 7.8K. Um, he's one of like the best people to have in majors. He's a major championship player. He always shows up for the majors. Um, he's a top five. If you were to take everybody in this field, put them into just their majors. And then in terms of stroke gain, he's a top five player, um, in terms of strokes gained in majors. So he's definitely getting it done when it matters the most. Uh, he's missed cuts in his last two masters. And how much do you put on that win last week on the lift tour? He says he's finally starting to get healthy again, and I believe him. He had that knee issue. Tiger went through knee issues. Brooks, he's going through some. Golf isn't easy on the body as much as everybody thinks. There's a lot of torque, a lot of, I guess, I don't, as fit as he is, this guy is a specimen. I mean, this guy works out. He's jacked out of his mind. Um, as fit as he is, there's still injuries in golf and he's been suffering through them as of late and that's kind of why he went back to the live tour if you watch that full swing on netflix that's why he said he went to the live tour he didn't know how this injury was going to affect him he wanted to take some money guarantee some pay you know i don't blame him i don't blame these guys for going over there working less getting paid more uh less injury why not as far as I'm concerned. Now, as far as this tournament, is he going to come in and win it? I don't know. It's kind of a sucker play. Uh, how much do you how much do you put on that? Same with Corey Connors. Now, this is a guy who is fantastic at, um, at Augusta. He plays well here every year. I'm just pulling up some stuff here. Plays well at Augusta. Last year, T6. 2021, T8. 2020 t10 so he's definitely one of those horses for courses guy at 7.6k he won last week three straight top tens at the masters yeah super trappy i don't know why i would say super trappy i'm looking at all of his events here and his putting numbers haven't been great he only gained 0.4 strokes putting last week uh, but his approach play was fantastic he's volatile i don't know around the green play hasn't been great he needs to be great here. Uh, when he won, let's see, at the Masters last year, around that time. It doesn't go back that far. Hold on here. I mean, just after the Masters, I should say, last year, he was bad around the green too. So he's not like the best around the green player. Seems to somehow find it, and put it all together at the Masters. And he's one of those horses for courses guy. 7.6K, one of those guys you can slap in. It just seems too trappy for me coming off of a win right now. I don't know. I don't know why. I guess I'd rather go and take a little bit more of a risk on Minwoo Lee. Uh, this guy's been playing great as of late. T31 at the Dell. I mean, he didn't get out... But the players use six that uh, is around the green play is always right on par. It's just a matter of if he can dial in his approach. He's lost his, in approach at um, in his last two events, but he'd still finish six at the players with losing over a stroke on approach. So I don't know. Man, we'll leave man. This guy seems to have what it takes. I kind of like him. He finished 14th at the Masters last year. He lost strokes around the green and on approach. So Gained, gained a ton putting. Uh, he was over one and three-quarter strokes putting. So that's fantastic. Fantastic stuff from Minwoo Lee. I kind of like him in that 7.6K range. Uh, then you have Bryson. I mean, his fall has been epic. And it's been fun to watch because the guy's just kind of a tool. You look at him, he's just a fucking meathead. But he missed cut at the Saudi. He lost six strokes in two rounds. <laughs> that's not very good, man. Hold on, I take a drink of water here. He was T23. He was 44th and T16th in his live events. 
there's only 44 people in live. Uh, so that last place finish doesn't bode well for him. Lots of mid results here for Bryson, who at the Masters, as much as like since he was wearing that stupid hat and I don't know, looked all sorts of amateurish. I think that in his first event here, I think it was his best finish. I believe it is. So let me go to his master results here. Yeah, T21 in 2016 is his best. So that's all I need to know about him. Par 67, my ass, bro. Figure it out. Eh, hopefully you prove me wrong. Whatever, for your own sake. And then you have Tiger Woods in this 7K range. Uh, I watched a lot. Well, we had no choice but to watch a lot of them at Riviera. But it was a good event for him. He played well. It was his best driving week since August of 2020. His best approach week since August of 2020. Uh, he's automatic plus two in experience. You put him on here. Like I said, in the open, he is. I'm optimistic he gets in the top 30. I'm for sure saying he's making the cut. And if he's in contention on a Sunday, who knows? Who knows? Tiger will do Tiger things. And we're just kind of accustomed to that happening. But in reality here, you put all these numbers together, and I'm a numbers guy, and just looking at his health, he's walking with a limp. Is he going to be able to withstand this course for four rounds? That's the question to me. I don't think his body's going to hold up, and he's going to continue to, I guess, be able to produce what this course demands just out of your body in general. That's that's my thing. But optimistic top 30 this week for Tiger Woods. I would be more than happy with that. And then we have Chris Kirk at the bottom of the 7K range, who is 7.1K. He's just playing great golf right now. Um, he hasn't played the Masters since 2016. He has some experience here, so that's good. So that whole first-time Masters thing, you know, that doesn't really take into account come into effect here, but he's playing awesome. 7.1 K I'm willing to take a chance on that, especially if you're dabbling in those upper, upper echelon guys, uh, the Fino day, Sanjay and Kirk, that seems to be a pretty good rounded out. You might be able to move in and pick up like a Rory in there to round that off. That's kind of the builds that I'm looking at right now. Um, but here we go on to the six K range. And I like, the Gooch man in the 6K range. He won the team event with Liv, with DJ and all those guys, you know, with the Aces. Um, he was 12th at the Saudi, 11th, t- uh, 13th in the T16, uh, 14th at the Masters last year. So this guy tends to play well here and get it done. And he's still playing well on the Live Tour. So how do you rate that? I don't know. But he's definitely worth a chance in the 6K range. Danny Willett, also in the 6K range, 6.6K, made five straight cuts, gained on his approach in four straight events, around the green numbers he's gained in five straight events, T to green in six straight events. So he's got like very mid finishes in all these events, but he's won here before and he can put it all together and maybe, you know, get his drunken brother out of his DMs and put it together on a Sunday. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happens here, but... Danny Willett, he, I guess, as much as I don't like this guy, he'd be worth a shot at the 6.6K. And then you have Charles Schwartzel, who's always in the mix here at the Masters, regardless of what he's playing like. He seems to always find it here and succeed. Let's see if I can find any other 6K guys that we're looking at here. Um, definitely not Ryan Fox. I took a chance on him last week. He shit the bed. I'm just going down here. Maybe Moronk. I mean, the guy's been playing good enough. 6.4K if you really need to save. Charles, he's 6.4K. We just went over him. Yeah, otherwise, I really don't like any of these guys down here. Stay out of that 6K range if, if you have to. You might be able to take a chance on a guy like Zach Johnson at 6.3, but the course is getting longer, and he doesn't fit that narrative of player to i guess to work it here um anybody else in the 7k range sergio's had 7k and passing on him hard the guy's a douche canoe patrick reed 7.3k now this is a guy 
that I said can put it all together is one here, has that attitude to win here. 7.3K is a very good price for Patrick Reed. Keegan Bradley's in this mix, 7.4K. He's playing good golf this year. Is it good enough to win a Masters? I don't know. Guy that keeps popping out to me there is Corey Connors in the 7.6. I just, I don't know. The guy's too good at this course to be that price. Pricing came out early for this event, and then he ended up winning. So he's playing good. If I don't know. He's probably you're probably getting a deal. He probably would be like right around 8.4k. You're getting a deal at him at that 7.6k. So play him. Adam Scott 7.5k. He also might be a guy you might want to throw throw in there, but. That's pretty much it for the player pool here. And take it for what it's worth. I've gone through and I've looked at a bunch of stats. It's all pretty number driven. That's my player pool that I'm looking at. And now after another break and some more sounds of master's music, because that's the only one I can find. I can't find birds chirping. I probably can't. Maybe I'll throw in some birds chirping here. So let's listen up and we'll get to the DK builds here after this. Let's get into our DFS builds and bets for the Masters tournament here. Those birds and that Masters music just got me going. Falling asleep, honestly. It's a great tournament to watch if you want to fall asleep. I don't know. Music, the sounds, it's calming. It's calming. That's all. The, the plays and the chorus and everything's electric, but the music and everything can have that effect on somebody. Hopefully, you're not sleeping right now while you're driving or doing whatever the hell else you're doing. So let's get into this. Let's get into my DFS builds. And we'll start out with that expensive range here. And can you fit Scotty into your lineup and still have a potent a potent uh, build? And I believe you can. I did not, though. I did not fit him in right now. My build... I absolutely love my build right now. And in fact, I had money left over and I made one little upgrade. But I started my build with Jordan Spieth. I just think there isn't too many players out there playing as good as he is right now. And then you have his experience and his around the green play. It's just too much for me not to have him in my lineup, in my builds for the Masters. I like Jordan Spieth this week. 9.7K, add him in. I also went down to Max Homa at 9.2K, taking a little bit of a risk here, but he's been playing super well. He's playing so good right now that I can't not have him in my lineup. Absolutely love Max Homa. And then Sanjay, the eight, bottoming out the 8K range. I like Sanjay M at 8.1K. I have Minwoo Lee at 7.6K and Corey Connors at 7.6K. Two very, very good golfers that can win this event and still at a reasonable price. And then to round it all off, I have Neiman at 7.8K. Live guy coming over, doing his thing, plays well at the Masters. Um, I kind of like him at that range. So that's my team for my builds, for my cash builds. I have Spieth, Neiman, Lee, M, Homa, and Connors. Start building another team, and I want Scotty Scheffler in my mix. If you go with like a Scotty Scheffler, scroll down and hit up a Dustin Johnson and Finau in that range, you are now looking at $7,000 to round out your other three golfers, and that's just not feasible. If you take out um, Finau and just go with Scotty and DJ, you're looking at an average salary of 7,500 right now. 
to get four golfers into that mix? Well, we add in our Minwoo Lee, our Connors, and now we're looking at $7,400, the average amount. If you want to spend up and throw in an M in that mix, 6800 for your last person. There's Gooch sitting right at 6800 and that will round out your team. For this build, I have Scheffler, Minwoo Lee, Dustin Johnson, Sanjay M, Corey Connors, and Gooch. Plenty of room to adjust there. If you're not sold on Connors, which is very trappy, you might not like that play. You can go in and get a Brooks Kepka at that range, Bryson DeChambeau at that range. If you want to go down a little bit, answer, he's a good ball striker, but I don't know. I'm not too fond on him this week. Tiger sitting in there at 7,300. Patrick Reed at 7,300. There's plenty you can do here if you don't like that Connor pick in there. I like everybody else uh, that I have in there. If you wanted to stretch and put in Kirk where I have Connors, let's just do that right now. Take out Min Woo Lee. We're looking at $8,100. Uh, you can go oh, up and get a Fitzpatrick. Uh, and that's kind of what I like in that $8,000 range. We already have... Um, we already have M in our lineup here, so there's really nobody else kind of at that. Tommy Fleetwood? Let's do that. So we'll have Tommy Fleetwood, Gooch, M, Dustin Johnson, Kirk, and Scheffler at this, in this lineup. So that's kind of how you got to do it with Scheffler. If you want, um, you're going to have to go into that 7K range and have a 6K guy into it if you want Scheffler. But Scheffler is my favorite pick to win this week. And he's right up there with he's playing the best golf out of all of them. And we'll just go with that. All right, let's get into the betting. And this is a tough tournament to bet. The odds have been stingy, tough to get good odds and good payouts for this event. And Scotty Scheffler, six and a half. Six and a half to one odds to win it. And that is amazing, I guess. Those odds are just not where they need to be. To take him for the six and a half to one, I mean, to put a unit on that, what are you really doing, right? Um, But let's do it anyways. I just think he's going to win. Six and a half to one odds isn't going to really pay you out much. You're not going to get rich on this. But... Put a unit on Scotty Scheffler to win at six and a half to one odds. That's just going to have to do. The other guys I like Jordan Spieth. I like him at 18 to one odds. Put a unit on Jordan Spieth to win. Max Homa, a unit on Max Homa to win. Also throw down an EW8 on Max Homa. 28 to one odds. I absolutely like that. His odds to be in the top 10 are two and a half to one odds. Odds in the top five are five and a half to one odds. I kind of like that as well. EW8 on Max Homa at 28 to one odds. Going down the list, I like Tommy Fleetwood at 55 to one odds to win. You could throw an EW8 on him. He is four to one odds to make the top 10, 11 to one odds to make, or yeah, 11 to one odds to make the top five. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 55 to 1 odds to win. I also I like that. So Tommy Fleetwood, EW8 at 55 to 1 odds. Going down the list even further here, we're getting into our extremely long shots. Taylor Gooch at 110 to 1 odds. Um, you could put something on him. His top 10 is 8 to 1 odds. Seems not very good there. Um, but the 110 to 1 odds, I kind of like Taylor Gooch. Uh Probably going to pass on that, though. Let's try to find some other stuff. Uh, keep going down. <laughs> Let's find some really long shots here. There's nobody really that's standing out that can do this in these long shot range. I do like a couple of them in the 300 to 1 odds. Um, they're long shots, but Adrian Maronk at 300 to 1 odds to win. Put that on. Put an EW8 on that as well. 16 to 1 odds for a top 10, 45 to 1 odds for a top 5. Adrian Maronk at 300 to 1 odds to win. That would be amazing. Put a unit on that, and then that's pretty much it. 
that is pretty much it. Charles Schwartzel at 350 to one odds. He's always in the mix uh, at Augusta. He seems to know his way around that course pretty well. But let's just stick to Adrian Moronk, 300 to one odds. Why not? So that's it for my betting. Um, Neiman at 55 to one odds is intriguing, but I'm going to pass. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Tony Finau is way too short at 18 to one odds to throw money down. He's just too mid for me. Way too mid for me at that range. Uh, go ahead. Hopefully you can slam some of these bets. Win right along with me. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at RIGC underscore Pinseeker. It helps me out. Give me some follows. Share my content. Tell everybody you're winning some money. Line in those pockets. Do what you have to do. Hopefully you all enjoyed this Masters exclusive episode. It was fun to do, fun to bring in some of the sound effects, the birds and the, and the master's music. I played that redundantly here, and I'm going to play it one more time on my way out the door here. I'll have another episode this week talking about the national championships and basketball and brewers and all that kind of stuff. I'll have another episode this week. Probably won't come out until Friday, I'm thinking, but either way, hopefully you all enjoy this episode once again. Hit me up with some likes. Do whatever you got to do. If you like my content and feel generous, you can always Venmo me at um, Douglas slash Hobian. Why not? Or Dash Hobian. You can do that. Venmo me. That would be great. Thank you. (laughs) But enjoy the Masters, everybody. Have some fun watching that. Enjoy the sounds. Enjoy Jim Nance's calming voice. And hopefully we get some big-time roars on Sunday. Par 3 tournament is about to start up in about an hour from now. And it's always fun to see the kids, mostly the wives, out there walking around with all of their, uh, I guess, all their children and whatever the hell else they have with them. So that's always a fun event to watch. Enjoy the Masters, everybody. Take care.